Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't need anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> he said it again. This is so weird. Steve Zakawani! Yo, what's up everyone? Steve Zakawani here. Welcome to another episode of Winging It with Zakawani. Um, we were off last week. We're back this week. Lots to cover on this show. I'm actually recording from the Atlantic Crossing pub, um, one of my favorite places to watch football in this city. And it's a, you know, a Sounders pub partner and just a great place that's going to be really, really rocking for the World Cup. I'm surrounded here by a lot of football jerseys. I see Zlatan, I see David Beckham, I see an Arsenal shirt, a Chelsea shirt, and I also see a Sounders USL Roger Levesque shirt, and that's the only one of all the shirts that's in the case, and that's deservedly so. So it's a great location to do this podcast today, this episode, and it's really kind of only one place to begin. We didn't get to really recap the Portland Timbers game. I'm not really mad about that. I don't think you are either, but we do have to talk about it just a little bit. What I would say is this, that game was not memorable. I watched the whole game from zero to 90, and it's one of the most dull, boring, non-eventful derbies in terms of quality I've seen in a long time between the Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers. These two teams normally produce goals and excitement and something. It had the physical side. You know, there could have been maybe a red card on each side. There were some fouls. There were some tackles. You expect that. But there most definitely wasn't the quality you come to expect. With those kinds of players on the pitch in this game, the history in this league, I mean, you think back to some of the moments that have occurred in this game, the Dempsey hat-trick, the old boss solo goal, some things that Valeri has done. There's always been quality, and that was severely lacking. For the Sounders, they came in with the same game plan that worked so well up in Toronto, and that was just to frustrate the Timbers, play defensively, hit them on a counter-attack, and try to get a goal. In Toronto, goals change games. The Sounders got a goal. And when you don't get one and you're playing that way and you're defending deep, you do risk losing because if the other team just gets one, that's it. And that's exactly what happened. Moments decide games. And Sebastian Blanco had a moment and decided the game. And that's the question for Seattle, I think, going forward now. Because we kind of see this is a squad that's going to be here at least through the World Cup. You know, maybe a couple of guys may come back off injury. A couple of guys may round into form. But this is pretty much it. There's no savior coming right now. Moments decide games. Big players step up in big moments. The best teams in MLS have guys who turn bad team performances into three points. How many points has Giovinco won for Toronto? How many points has David Villa since he's been here won for New York City? How many points has Bradley Wright Phillips one for the Red Bulls. How many points has Clint Dempsey, Oba, over the years, one for the Sounders? But in this 2018 edition, who is that guy? That's the question for the Sounders. We might get an answer in the next couple of weeks as the Sounders play Salt Lake twice. Very weird. Don't like it. Not sure what happened in the schedule. But it could be a blessing because if you can figure out a way to beat Salt Lake right away, in this game, on Saturday coming up, 
and then you know you have to face them again, you can almost approach it like a playoff game, first leg, second leg. And the Sounders have been good in knockout games under Brian Schmetzer. That's the mentality I'd approach it with. But the question has to be asked for the Sounders, who is going to be the guy to step up? I'm still maybe now in the minority of the opinion that the guys needed to do that are already here in Seattle. I would love to bring in a big-name player, don't get me wrong, but we have what we have, and there is quality here. These guys did not become bad players overnight. There is quality here. But who's going to step up? Backside against the wall. People are dropping like flies. There's injuries. The team's losing more than any of us would like. When your back's against the wall like that in this sport, I've been there with this team. All you can do is fight. All you can do is fight. And that's what the Sounders have to do now. And they have Salt Lake twice. Saturday must be viewed as a great chance to get some momentum going, to really build through the World Cup. And then hopefully after that, some reinforcements will arrive. Practically speaking, it's going to come down to tactics. What's Brian Schmetzer going to do? And with Will Bruin out now, for me, it's simple. Clint Dempsey can't play number 10. He has to play number 9 because that's your best goal scorer that you have at the club. And I've, you know, I know Clint and I've you know, played a little bit with Clint, but I know Clint and he's a goal scorer. He loves the number 10 and making things happen, but this team needs goals. Clint needs goals. And Brian Schmetzer has to simplify it. The best finisher I ever played with when I played with the Sounders, when I'm talking about in training, after practice, were taking shots at the goal, doing finishing drills. Um, it wasn't Freddie Montero. It wasn't Oba. It wasn't Clint. It wasn't Eddie Johnson. It wasn't Lamar Nagel. These are all great players. It was actually Sammy Ochoa. He was the best finisher. You give him a ball in and around the 18-yard box, inside the 18, Sammy's putting the ball in the back of the net. Anytime we had small-sided games, five on five, and I played with Sammy Ochoa, and Sammy used to hate running. Oh, he was so lazy. He used to hate running. I would tell Sammy, look, we, the other four guys, we're going to run for you. We're going to track back. We're going to win the ball. When I get it, I'm going to dribble everybody. I'm just going to feed you the ball, but you have to finish. In order for us to keep running for you, you got to put the ball in the back of the net. And Sammy came to life. And whenever I had Sammy on my team, we'd normally win because Sammy would keep scoring because we, we didn't mind running for him if he found the back of the net. That's what the Sounders have to do for Clint. Don't need Clint right now to be the creator. Clint's been doing that for 10 plus years, done it at the highest levels of the game. Clint, live in the box. Let the youngsters run for you. Let them create for you. Let them hassle. Let them um, hurry the defenders. Let them be the ones putting mileage on their legs. Don't drop deep into the center circle to playmake. We don't need that right now. We have good playmakers. You need Clint Dempsey in the box on the end of things, doing what he does absolutely best. And that's put the ball in the back of the net. I would, if I was playing, I would say that to Clint. Why? I used to tell Sammy. Boss, you stay in the box. I'm going to run for you. I'm going to beat this right back. I'll get crosses in. You just finish. Don't even worry about moving, running, tracking back. Do what you can, but we're going to do that for you. Without Will Burin, that's the soundest option. He is the fit striker on the squad. You have to play Clint at the number nine. Questions? And there were many. I'm kind of glad a little bit we were off last week because the questions have simmered down since then. And everybody's not as, still angry, but everybody's not as angry as they were. There's been a lot of questions. So one of the questions came in, and this, there was a lot of variations of this, but here's a question. It says, so many injuries this year. It's more than the average. It, it seems really unusual. Is it unlucky? Are these preventable? 
is it a fitness regimen? That what is going on? Um, the answer is I don't know what's going on. I've never seen anything like it. I've been on teams where there's been injuries, but this just seems yeah, it seems weird. A lot of um, key players, it's happening to as well. I think inj- every team deals with injuries. I think the Sounders are dealing with them to a lot of key players, and that's what's raised the alarms. Um, I don't think it's a fitness regimen. These guys are highly trained professional athletes. Um, they eat right. They take care of their bodies. They're getting the best treatment. Got a fantastic training staff, great fitness staff, great coaching staff. It's not that because if it was that, they'd have figured it out by now and they'd have prevented it. It really just is a bad combination of a lot of what we don't know coming to fruition all at one time. And it's tough. Another question right here. With results going the way they're going, let's say it doesn't get much better, would that keep a DP-type player from joining the Sounders if there's no prospects of making the playoffs? Great question. My answer would be, I don't think so. I think when a lot of the European guys, I'm speaking just right now for the older-ish European players, big names, look at MLS. Um, It's a lot to do with the playing, the football, but also is about lifestyle. Um, It's about living in America is about, you know, they know Seattle's history. This is a team that's been to -to back-to-back finals, won one of them, a team that's won several Open Cups in its history, a team that's never missed the playoffs. So a down year is a down year. If if it came to that, I don't think that deters a big-name player coming. I think I can speak for the South Americans, the young DPs, whoever. They want an opportunity to play in the league. Listen, if Wayne Rooney's going to go to DC United, then Seattle's going to have no issue recruiting whoever is interested in coming to MLS. Seattle's still one of the premier destinations for now that a guy is going to look at. Much more to come on Winging It with Zakwani. I'll be joined by my really, really good friend, um, former teammate of mine, a guy that I call Mr. Champions League, and it's fitting because of the Champions League final coming this weekend. He's the only person I personally know that's won the Champions League, the most coveted prize in club football. Mr. Jimmy Triori is in the house and will be joining us on the podcast shortly. Stay locked. This is Winging It with Zakwani. Slipping in behind Chubby Alonso and Tudex oh. lost it and here's Shevchenko. Oh, head off the line by Traore. What a rescue by Jimmy Traore. Liverpool have their hands on the European Cup again. And this time it's for Keats. That trophy isn't going anywhere but Anfield. Jimmy, what's up? Good, um, Good. This weekend, Champions League final. But before I talk about this one, you played maybe in the most famous final of all time. Between that one and Bayern, Manchester United, it depends who you ask. I prefer your final. Of course. So, what's your memories from that night? Because we watched on TV, we all watched it, we remember it. But being on the pitch in that kind of game, what do you remember? What I remember... A lot of things, you know, a lot of things go through my head, you know, it was like fantastic moment because, you know, you go for different emotion. Of course, you know, the pressure before the game. After that, you know, after one minute we considered the goal, it was like, you know, disappointed. Half time, friend down. So it's like you head down, you think the game is over, and suddenly you start the second half and you score three goals, you back. So it's like you. On that game, you face all the emotion, you know, like from being negative to be like best moment in your life. And that's why I keep that on my mind. Like 
never give up, you know. What did the manager say at halftime? What, like, what happened? I can tell you, for me, I know I remember one thing, he was like very short because I was supposed to be on uh, out. I heard about this. You know, I was supposed to be subs. At you know, they be- want to sub you at halftime. Halftime. But it's like I'm, I was on my way, like, take off all my stuff, my way to the shower. And you have the assistant coach come and say to me, no, no, Jimmy, Jimmy, no, come back, come back. I'm like, what's going on? And he was like, our right back, he was injured. Steve Finnan. Steve Finnan. So it's like, and we changed the tactic, you know. And uh, that, I think, he was like, makes a big difference when we change the tactic, you know. The, that team, Milan, one of, for me, one of the best team ever. Seydoff, Maldini, Gattuso, Pelo, Kaka in his best prime. How good was that team to play against? For me, it's like, I can tell you, I still remember, like, you know, when you see the lineup, I was like, in the locker room, like, shit, like, what's going on there? Because all the players you mentioned, they all been playing the international player, high level, World Cup. Most of them is like captain of the national team. So for me, I was like, on the field of that final, I was a rookie. Most of them already played the Champions League final, already been playing on the big stage. And it was like, very impressive, you know. And people have been like very calm. That's why you know you see like the big difference between you know top players and young players like me. You know back in the time. And then people forget that you. When did, which year did you come to Liverpool? You were there for a very long time. Oh, I signed like I was kids when I signed in Liverpool. I was like in '99. So, so a very long time. Where did you come from before then? I was playing uh, France second division, but the thing that makes a difference. It was the French coach Jarouier. And uh, I was playing uh, second division, but I was playing like more like a lot, exposed myself because I was playing a uh, youth French national team under 17, and I was one uh, was good back in the time. And I uh, like different offer from different club in France, abroad, and uh, I mixed. In the beginning, I was very shy to come to England because you know I don't speak the language. I was like young. I was like no, I want to stay in France. And he convinced me to sign to Liverpool, you know, and uh, I never, since that day, I didn't regret, you know. That team, the main player was Steven Gerrard. In, in his prime, how good was he? He was, for me, for all my career, he was the best player I played with. Even today, I still, like, when I text him or when we call each other, I still call him captain. Because he was that way he represented for us in Liverpool, you know. When you talk about leadership, when you talk about someone, makes a difference. And uh, him, everything I always remember about him, he was like on a big time, big stage, big moment. He was always like not disappointed you, you know. He was always show, and so many times from nothing and give us like the win, you know. The best player you played with, Steven Gerrard. The best player you played against. So many, so many, but I'm thinking of one in my head, but I'm not gonna say. But right now, I tell you, since that final, it's Kaka. You know, because I play against so many players, you know, especially good players, especially when you're a defender, you know, you face always best player, you know, attacking player. And Kaka, all the players I face, you know, I always try to find my way to get the ball or get something, you know. And Kaka was surprised because with the ball, he's a fast player I've never faced. Ball on his feet, you know, because I play against fast players, Henry, you know, all that kind of players, you know, they're fast, you know, without the ball. But him, when he drives the ball on his feet, you think he can catch him, so it's like, and he's a very smart guy. 
slow down like that. You think like, oh yes, I can catch him. And when you put that gear, it's like he watch you on a like, you know, it's ridiculous. Honestly, ridiculous. Um, your old team is back in the final. Do you feel good about this game? Because obviously Madrid, Cristiano, Zidane, even the manager, Sergio Ramos, a lot of experience. The same thing you said before. That team played a lot of big games. But what do you think Liverpool can do to win this weekend? The, I think the advantage that Liverpool have, and for two, the reason why I feel a little bit confident, is like they have the front three. They are like in the modern football today, modern soccer, whatever. They're fast. And now today is like more or less a transition game now. It's like, yes, you defend, but when you win the ball, if you can go fast forward, then that's what Liverpool are. And they can use that strength, you know. When we have Salah, he's on the top of his form. I don't think he will play. He will get the season like that. So he's like, you know, he's on his prime, so you can use him. And after that, Mane and Firmino. Firmino is a very clever guy. So that front three is very, like, they can hurt you, you know. And that's the main danger for Real Madrid. But the advantage Madrid has is, like, they've been there. Twice in a row, so they know what they face, and that can be the big advantage. So it's the reason why Liverpool, I think, the first half they need to be strong and try to not concede and try to get some goals, because after that, you know, it's like Madrid have so much experience on that. Normally, when I watch football, especially Champions League, growing up in England, Wednesday 7:45, I always remember the one time I would stop and put the volume up. It's before Liverpool game when the players are coming out and they're singing, you never walk alone. The atmosphere. You've played in the atmosphere. Explain, I can't even imagine, what's the experience like when they start singing at the whole stadium and two minutes before the game and you're walking out of the tunnel? So back in the time, right now they changed a little bit the tradition, but back in my time when I was playing, the people were singing that when you're a player, we are like on the locker room. Inside the locker room, and even inside the locker room, you can still like see the vibration, hear a little bit the sound, and it's fantastic, you know. And after that, when you go out from the locker room, when you go like on the, you know, down the stairs with the Liverpool sign, everything like that, it's like it's fantastic, you know. And that gives you like so much emotion, the goosebump inside of your body, like oh man, and it's fantastic. Honestly, it's fantastic. Seattle. How did you end up in Seattle? I remember your first training in Arizona, I think it was 2013. How did that, how, how did you end up here? So it's like, you know, I was like in the end of my career a little bit in France. I was like, want to do something different. You know, I've like experienced like good experience. I was living in South of France. I played for Monaco. Two years for Monaco. And after that, after my first year, in the end, I started the second year, I get injured. I tore my ACL. So it was tough, tough time. I was like 32. A lot of people were thinking I'm done. I don't come back in the high level, blah, blah, blah. I work hard. And at the end of the day, it's like I signed to Marseille, one of the best clubs in France, you know. And they was playing Champions League, you know. And the main thing is like the coach. I know him, you know, because I play against all his team. And he always remember me like, yes, you've been experienced with Champions League and I need some guys like you, backup guys, you know, I can... Good for the locker room, can help the young guys, you know, because you've been on big stage and why it was my role in Marseille. And I enjoy it, you know. And when I finished after that, I was like, with my wife, I'm like, she was pregnant. And I was like, no, I don't want to stay in France anymore and I want to get, try experience to play um, in MLS because I want to live in America. To be honest, my dream was to live in America. So it's like, if I can finish my career in America and try to see if we like it and stay there, that was my target. And... 
and end up in Seattle was like luck, you know, because uh, I have like offer, like I think it was like Shivas or something like that. I was thinking about to go there, and it was I think it was a part Yanni get injured, and suddenly like my agent called me, yes, Sanders, they want to see you, you know, on try because they didn't play for six months. And I came and I do my uh, things, and in the end, it was a good story, you know. Remember, and then speaking of Champions League, a different Champions League, but the one here, you scored maybe for some people the best goal in Sounders history. Um, let's talk about that goal. Um, one, did you mean to do this? And of course, you know. And two, I think people forget we were losing that game because we lost the first leg. And I think we were 1-0 down. DeAndre scored, and then your goal was the second goal. Talk, talk us through that goal. I was like, you know, it's like we, we lose the first leg there. It was my first game for the franchise. I remember, you know, it was like fantastic atmosphere in Mexico, everything like that. And uh, people forget, but it was my first game for the Sanders at home in front of a fan. And uh, before the game, of course, I was like a little bit of pressure, you know, because it's the first time they see me play and I want to do well, you know. So it's like, you know, it's always the first impression, you know, that people have uh, but you that can lead the rest of you, you know, season. So it's like, I was like, yes, I want to do the best, everything like that. And we are one year down to get red card, something like that. It's a point of time. And that goal from DeAndre changed everything yeah. because the kids scored that goal. And give me like, oh, you know, he strike from there, you know, it was a nice goal. And I was like, maybe I can do better than him. <laughs> <laughs> and no, honestly, I didn't think twice, you know, when I get that ball, control, I see the opportunity and I give everything I have, you know, and I go in. And I was pleased for the fan. I was pleased for my teammate. And I was pleased for the coach because he gave me that opportunity, you know. And that's why for me, it's always a reward, you know. They trust me. You know, the franchise, the owner, everyone, you know, and I try to give back, you know, what I can do, you know. One of the best goals I ever saw in my life. Um, now, you're still with the Sounders, but you're coaching. So, this is third year? Yes, uh, right now it's my uh, third year. Third year. Um, what's that experience like from going from playing to coaching? What have you learned? How are you enjoying it? Uh, to be honest, it's like sometimes up and down, but I enjoy it every minute, every moment I do since I step on that role. I love it. And for me, people forget, but for me, it was like I start from scratch. I start with the SU, first year, you know, with Ezra, I learned a lot. And people, some people don't know, but I experienced like I was doing it, everything with SU. You know, when we go on the road, I was doing equipment. I was doing like checking the hotel with the players. I was taking care of the young guys. And it was a new role for me. It's like, you know, I learned so much, you know on and off the field as a person as well, you know. I learned so much, you know, and uh, it was a good experience. The kids was very good with me and Ezra too, you know, and that's what gave me like more confidence when I jump with the first team, you know. The season's been tough so far. Um, what do you think has been missed? Is it the injuries? Is it a little bit of luck? Is it like, is it both of that? What do you think has been missing so far from this season? It's like, you know, we've been there like, that's a, the funny thing is like with that franchise, we've been there like the past few years, I would say like since even the beginning, I don't know the franchise, like we always start slow and we catch up in the uh, summertime. And that maybe that's a rhythm we have, you know, we try to change a lot of things during the off season, but in the end of the day, for me, it's like everything will pay off like in the end of the season because 
we have a new fitness coach, we have yeah. a new member on our staff. We lost some good players too as well down yeah. the road. Yeah. And we have like different groups. So hopefully when everybody's fit, we can start to get like our rhythm and start to get to win some game. But I'm still confident because we have a good group, you know, good guys and we have like good coach. And we've been there before. So yeah. that's the experience we have, you know. Now, to be honest with you, the league starts to be like much better and better. Yeah. Teams start to win better and better. Teams start to do know us. And that's where we need some time, I think, to go out of our comfort zone because it will be tough. Yeah. It will be tough for us. And we're strong. That's the thing. It's like I'm coming we're strong. I remember our 2013 team um, when DeAndre first came. And in the beginning, he wasn't playing much. Somebody got injured. He played. One of the memories I have was you were always helping DeAndre, always putting your arm around him, giving him advice. And not just him, we had some Ashani was there, who was a rookie. All the young players, you somehow were always the guy they went to and you gave advice. One, why? And two, when you were a young player, did you have someone do the same for you as well? Yes, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you always want to give back what the soccer give you, you know. And back in the time when I started in pro, I was always like, listen to the advice of the hold those players, the veteran guys, you know, always go around me, try to help me. Even my time when I arrived in Liverpool, it was like, people forget, but uh, yes, I arrived when I was like, I was like 19, something like that. And back in the time, you know, the coach, even while I was like playing with the reserve, I was always with the first team. Go on the road, or always around them, always on the, on the bench or on the group, you know, so it's like, you know, understand, but coach want me to get experience and I see what the guys doing before the game you know the ritual all that kind of stuff and some of the guys talk to me you know through that you know and that's why I was like always that is on me and when I arrived in, even before that when I was in Marseille I was doing that with the young guys and when I arrived here it was natural for me DeAndre Ashani all the young guys come to me and of course they want to know my experience in Premier League and I tried to help them, but especially DeAndre. DeAndre was coming to my place, yeah. you know, watch games. Even his, uh, back in the time, he had a girlfriend that was like a nanny for my kids. You know, we've been like very close, you know. I was doing Thanksgiving on uh, DeAndre's place, you know, with his grandmother, or that kind of stuff, you know. And we've been very close together. So it's like I tried to help him. Even when he went to England, called me, asked me for some advice, even to choose a club. And that's why our relationship is, you know, it's very strong. And the kid, to be honest, he's doing very well for himself. And he's like, I hope, you know, he can have a great career and be one of the best American players, you know. I asked this because I have to as an Arsenal fan. You played against the best Arsenal team we've seen. Perez, Lundberg, Thierry, Patrick. Just tell me, playing against them at Highbury on that pitch, I used to watch the games. Just how hard was it? And in that moment, how good was Henry? When... That's it. For me, it was like the best memory because I was French. And when you play against Arsenal, it's only like French guys. It's like when we were on the tunnel, you know, before the games, they always like give me like, you know, talk bad to me, like put pressure on me. I was a young guy. So it's like Vieira, Henri, you know, they always come to me like, you know, give me like, you know, tonight, you, tonight for you will be nightmare, you know. And I was like, always like put pressure on me. And that's, and that's why I think that miss today in the soccer and the football, you know? Yeah. Because everybody is friendly, but back in the time, it was like no friend. Yeah. 
So they come, put pressure on me, young guys, you know, it's just like put a lot of pressure on me, like, oh, tonight, man, oh, you will see what you get, you know. And back in the time, that team was so great. You know, Vieira, Henri, Pires, Bergkamp, it was like, it was ridiculous. And even between us and Liverpool, we're talking about that on the locker room, you know. I remember Karaga always like said to us, oh, yes, when Henri come, you know, I need help, I need help. And me, I was the opposite side because I play left back. And he was like that side. And I was like him, like, man, you need to defend, man. And he was like, nightmare for him. And you can see some of the goal. You can see Henri, when they attack him, he drop, 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 drop inside our own box, you know. And it was like ridiculous. But he was like one of the best team I faced, you know, in England. He was that team, you know. He was so good, you know. And I have good memory because I always have a shot from, I still have a shot from Henri, Vieira, Pires. You know, all that guy, so combo, they always try to change the jersey with them and they always give it to me, you know. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to ask you is this. We all played soccer and, you know, you have, when you start 19, 20, whatever, you have ambition, you have goals. Is it the same now that you're a coach or are you just going day by day or do you have in your mind somewhere that you want to arrive? No, as this young guys, I've always dreamed, you know, when I was kids, you know, to play like, to play first in French, uh, first division. It was like my dream, like always when I was like, I the lot to go to the stadium, Parc des Princes, and watch some of the game. And my dream, it was like, yes, one day I need to be on that field. I need to be on that pitch, you know. I need to play pro. And I achieved that, you know. I play, you know, in Parc des Princes, you know. Obviously not with uh, Paris Saint-Germain jersey, even if I support them. I play with uh, Marseille, so it's like it was a big thing on my family, but where is that? But it was, yes, I was always ambitious to be pro first. And after that, playing Premier League and winning the Champions League, it was always my dream. And I was lucky to achieve that, you know. And after that, as a coach, same. When I decided to be coach, I was uh, ambition like to be one day head, head coach, you know. And uh, my dream is to be, because I was never of that luck to participate on a big tournament like World Cup or Olympic. And that as a coach, that's my dream. That's my main target, you know. I will try to coach until I achieve that, you know. One day to participate in the World Cup or Olympic, that's my uh, big dream. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Everybody thinks I'm like I would go for France, but nah. No, no, I'm big fan of Argentina. Really? Massive fan. Messi for me is the best ever player. And I want him... To achieve that, you win the. If you win the World Cup, it will be the best, best ever. There's no argument. Yeah. And all the time when I watch him on any tournament, I watch him always. I cheer for Argentina, I cheer for him because I want him to win that. You know, like that people will stop to say Ronaldo or blah 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 because <laughs> Messi is the best. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Jimmy, always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And he will, I want to say one more thing. <laughs> Steve, he, will, he will always invite me if Liverpool go to the final. So, but I'm confident Liverpool will always go to the final, you know, Champions League final. Rose now, out to the right in the Edlin, the goal scorer. Pulls it back for Martinez, four in the box for him. Beats his man comfortably, loses it under his own feet. Whacked away, but not fully, to Jimmy Traore. He tries a volley! Oh, it's spectacular goal! Absolutely incredible from Jimmy Traore! And it's world-class, and then some 30 yards out, left foot rocket, cannoning off the underside of the crossbar. No goalkeeper in the universe will stop.
stop it. Seattle lead 2-1 and the dream is very much alive. Thanks again to Jimmy Trowry. Love those conversations. And with him, I've had those convos with him just like over dinner so many times over the years. Talking about some of the players he's played against. I mean, Kaká, Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Robert Perez in their prime, um, winning the Champions League. Really, really fantastic stuff from Jimmy Traore. Um, one of, just one of the great professionals I've been around. And if you ever run into DeAndre Yedlin and you mention the name Jimmy Traore, he will light up because, as you heard, Jimmy was a massive, massive and is a massive influence on DeAndre Yedlin and his success. Question, do you believe the Sounders will change the lineup from the Portland game, such as finding a better suited attacking formation for the strikers we have available? I don't think the Sounders will play at home 5-4-1 or, you know, whatever that was, how it looks free, you know, or five in the back, depends if you're counting the wing backs. Um, CenturyLink Field used to be called Quest Field, whatever you want to call it. This is a place we've always wanted to make a fortress want to entertain the fans, want to come out, play attacking football, don't want to sit on the back seat, don't want Salt Lake to come into our house and take the game to us. So I think Brian Schmetzer will adjust accordingly. Even if they line up on paper the same way, the mentality and the approach will be an attacking one. The Sounders are going to take the game to RSL. One, because they have to. You've got to get points. And your home games in MLS, you just have to win them. And two, it's the Sounders' way. Never have we been intimidated sitting back anything like that so I expect the Sounders to go at Salt Lake and that's what I think we'll see three big things number one help is needed and what I mean by that is the Sounders need help they need help scoring goals and I've been thinking about this the past 10 days or so Um, goals win games goals make soccer players famous like Leo Messi Cristiano Ronaldo they score a lot of goals Mo Salah is the talk of the town right now. He scores a lot of goals. Brady Wright Phillips is arguably the best number nine in MLS history. He scores a lot of goals. Chris Wondolowski was taken to the World Cup controversially, but the argument that could be made was he scores a lot of goals. The sound is he helps scoring goals. It's just that simple. And when I say help, I'm not talking just from the outside. That help could be within. Within would mean someone has to step up. Whether that's Clint Dempsey, you know, finds his best form... Um, is it Lamar Nagel getting some extended minutes and him doing what he's done in his MLS career and find goals here and there? Um, is it when Will Bruin comes back? Does Christian Rodan play the number 10 while Nico's gone? And does he find a couple of goals here? Goals are needed. Help is needed. It might be the system. Does the coach change the formation, the tactics to generate more chances, to create better chances, better looks at the goal that are easier to convert? That's another way. And of course, if and when an outside player arrives, preferably a goal scorer, that would be great too. But if the Sounders can't figure out how to put the ball in the back of the net consistently, this summertime, second half of the year, turnaround that we've grown so accustomed to this past couple of years, it's not going to happen. We've got to score goals. And right now, it's tough to see where an abundance of goals will come from. But the help and the solution is either from within, somebody just breaking out, taking the team on their back and getting it done. And those guys exist. They're right here in Seattle. Maybe it is that summertime signing or it could just be a change of formation. Number two, experience. Experience matters. 
There's a reason very few people bet against LeBron James. LeBron James was down 2-0 against the Boston Celtics in the NBA playoffs, and nobody was panicking. It was like, no, it's LeBron. Because we're used to seeing him in that position, seven straight finals. He's been there. He's done that. He knows what it takes. As good as Boston was playing, they have guys born in 98, in 99. Those guys haven't been there before. So that doesn't really sway us. We would rather go with the guy that's been there. Experience counts for something. The Sounders have been here. I'm trying to give you a silver lining to what's been a rough season so far. Experience counts for something. Once you've been somewhere, bad start, slow start, towards the bottom of the table, out of the playoff standings, you know what it takes to get out. Doesn't mean you're going to do it. But you do earn some benefit of the doubt. And the sound is due. Jimmy said it. I can say it too. Slow starts have become commonplace in the last two or three years. I don't know why, but they have. I don't like it, but it's the reality. And we're in another one right now. But the experience is going to be key. And there are players still in the squad who've been a part of those teams and know what it takes to turn it around. We've got to stay on that. And number three... The league as a whole is better. When I came to MLS, it was good. It's much better now. When Jimmy Trari came to MLS, it was good. It's much better now. The league is getting better. And I say that because I think there was an article today that, once again, a very uninformed person kind of tried to speak down on MLS. And it's funny to me because I've played in the league. I know the players in the league. And a lot of the guys who've come from Europe and played here, Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, David Beckham, Thierry Henry, they speak well of the league. It's everybody on the outside who are from where I'm from in Europe who look down on MLS for some reason. But the league is better. The coaching's good. Greg Bohart, a fantastic coach. Patrick Vieira, Arsenal legend. Arsenal were reportedly interested in him. He's doing a fantastic job at NYCFC. Greg Vanny with TFC, they should have won the Champions League. They're a fantastic team. Maybe the best team in MLS history. They're putting together quite a run. There's good coaching here. There's great players here. And I'm going to throw Brian Schmetz in there too because there's another good coach whose record stacks up against anybody. Great players here in the league. And I say great players here. Not just good players anymore. There's some great players here. We can go through the list of who's been here and who is here. Diego Valeri, at his best, can play any league um, he would want. Depends on the team, but he could. Um, a couple of those guys on the Atlanta team, they could play all over the world. You have guys here in Seattle who've been here. All but Femi Martin. He could have played anywhere he wanted to go. It was his choice. Um, Clint Dempsey in his prime. So these are guys who've made a living game in MLS. The league as a whole is better. That's the great news. The bad news is, because the league is better, it's going to be tough to have slow starts and try to just get out of it. So for the Sounders, that maybe is what we're seeing, that the league, even in the last couple of years, has improved, where before you could have a slow start and make a comeback. I remember when I used to play, it was the Galaxy that would do that, always these slow starts, that like they would time it to perfection, and then August, September, October would roll around, and suddenly Landon scoring every weekend, Robbie Keane started scoring, David Beckham was on fire. They had that to perfection, but maybe because of how good the league is now, you can't rely on that. You can't do that. You have to bring it out of the gate and pick up points. All is not lost. The sound is all right there. I'm still of the opinion, could be in a minority, that they will be fine. It's getting harder and harder to keep convincing myself of that. But I'm going to stand on this island 
until there's nowhere left to stand. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week recapping RSL and also previewing RSL due to that scheduling quirk. This is Winging It with Zakwani. As always, interact on Twitter. Send your questions in. Hashtag Ask Zach. Hopefully we're back here this time next week celebrating three points and a turnaround for the Sounders and talking all positive stuff. Winging it with Zakiwani. Talk to you soon.